All right, welcome to Draft Night. Rosenballs presents NBA betting. Draft Night, people. What makes this draft very interesting, and what I got to say is, like, in comparison to the last couple drafts is, yes, we know who the number one pick is going to be. Okay, it's obviously Victor Wembanyama going to San Antonio. We know this. That's going to be like the least assuming thing. But look, there's nothing solidified up front. Two and three is still somewhat up in the air, which is exciting. Okay, last year's draft was very compelling because they really didn't know who was going number one until the end, and they didn't leak it to Adrian Wojnarowski or you know Shams. So that little like brief curiosity is quite intriguing. Um, so at two, one would think it should be Brandon Miller if Charlotte keeps the pick. But if New Orleans moves up and, and there's a lot of, you know, there's buzz there, then they kind of killed it. Um, you know, Zion's camp and all that. If New Orleans finds a way to move up, they're, they're apparently taking scoop. I'll talk about that in a little bit, the Zion rumor a little bit. Look, Charles got a new owner. Technically, there's a whole Jordan fiasco that warrants its own separate pod. Whether it was a conspiracy that, that they did the the deal with Meridian and, and the investment, and they knew that as a backup, if things went south, they were going to be able to take ownership away from Jordan. Okay. Not going to get into that too much. What I would say um, is if you're new ownership, you got a chance to get Zion Williamson. I think you got to take that step. I get he hasn't played. I get all that. When he's playing, he's a beast. And if you just saw what Miami did, that's where they were the AC uh, lost the play in and still made it to the finals. It's intriguing. Why do I say that? Because without Zion, the Charlotte team could sneak into a play. It's possible, right? And if you get Zion healthy at the right time, that team can make a run, and that's interesting for an owner. And also, just in terms of the the externalities, right? You get a guy like Zion, season tickets are going to go up, um, more buzz around the team, probably get more games on national TV. These things matter, and now you're creating more allure around the franchise. There's other external factors beyond like how good the team's going to be today, right? Uh, now, if you think Brandon Miller, who I think is NBA ready, I can make an argument that he's you know one of the best players in the draft. Of course, I like him a lot. You still don't know. There's still the, you know, I thought Jabari Parker was going to be fantastic. Okay. You still don't really know. And, and even if you fleshed out like what his ceiling is, it's probably not much better if Brandon Ingram. Okay. And then you got to ask yourself, like, even if the guy becomes Brandon Ingram, which took Brandon Ingram a couple of years to become Brandon Ingram, it took him a couple of years. Does that do anything to the allure of Charlotte? I think I think if, if Brandon Miller hits his ceiling, basically, you're still like a low first round team. You're still a ways away. And look, you still gotta do other things, but like if you have Rogier there and Hayward, whatever. But if if you get Zion and, and, and the the stars aligned where he's healthy enough, okay, uh, it works. Look, Lazo Ball and, and, and Zion had a great chemistry. I, I can't imagine what this so, that's on the Zion stuff. Now, let's keep moving on in the draft. So, three is another intriguing thing. With Portland, right? So, let's say Brandon Miller goes to, there's no Zion trade, okay? Which is probably what's going to happen, right? Portland's actually in a, in a quite 
this is what I think Portland is thinking. Portland's probably thinking like, look, if Brandon Miller falls to three, we're just going to take Brandon Miller because he fits. And let's just see how good this team is, right? Maybe Brandon Miller, uh, you know, because in theory he could, he would complement Damian pretty well. You don't have to do many changes. I still think you need a bigger guard for Simons um, or in a couple of veterans for him personally. Actually, Kyle Anderson, I love Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is actually a good fit. Uh, if you could get Kyle Anderson and something for Simons, that, there's something there. Maybe a backup partner like, like um, you know, McLaughlin or something. Or Jordan Noel or whatever. I actually like that deal a lot. That, that solidifies your unit, your starting unit. Um, but for Portland, if you take Brandon Miller, it fits. You give it till the deadline. And then you can sign at the deadline. Do we need to blow this up and, and move uh, and move Damian Lillard? Right? Now, Lillard's value could decrease. I can't defend, really. It's a little old. Still a phenomenal offensive player. Number one guy on the title contending team. Totally. Okay? If you're Portland, that's, that's the fork in the road thing, right? If you get Brandon Miller... You just say, hey, let's get Miller. We're going to go. I think you make Simons a sixth man, quite frankly. And you roll with Lillard, Sharp, uh, Miller, Grant, Nurkic. Again, you have to hope a couple of guys are healthy. healthy. But at least there's a framework that works, right? There's other moves you could do. I think you got to flush out that bench. But fine. All right? You, you could... You can, Give an argument that let's just kick the Damian Lillard idea down the road. Let's see how good this team is. And then you see, like, can this team sneak into the playoffs? Can you make one last playoff run? And then maybe Lillard passes the torch graciously to a sharp Brandon Miller future in Portland. That's what you hope for the Blazers. That That's a good, nice continuity flow. Okay. The more likely thing is that Brandon Miller goes to Charlotte's not getting Zion, in which case... I feel like they have to get Brandon Miller. That's too silly to have ball and scoop, right? I don't think you, you don't over, don't get too cute. I remember when Memphis and Minnesota um, had back-to-back picks. It was like 09 already years ago. And it was very obvious that uh, Kevin Love would fit well in Memphis. They have Rudy Gay. Didn't have a big at the time. And Minnesota could have easily used um, OJ Mayo. Remember him? date me a little bit right and instead memphis throws a wrinkle like no we're taking mayo and minnesota's like ah crap we're gonna take kevin love minnesota had al jefferson so now that's a little awkward and memphis had rudy gay so now you have mayo and gay also awkward so they they made it worse for both teams i don't think that flow is gonna happen that's what would happen if charlotte's like no we're gonna take scoot like dude it doesn't even fit you have ball portland will be happy with it actually just be awkward for charlotte but I, so I think Charlotte's going to take Brandon Miller. Just you just make let the fit work. Personally, if I'm they don't want to take the Zion risk, fine. You let Bridges come back and you see how that unit is before doing anything. The bad thing about Charlotte is if that doesn't work, then I think Ball's the guy you got to move eventually. Not now, but like in a year. Let's now focus on Portland. So odds are Scoot's there at three. Portland has to take Scoot at three. You have to. He's the talent. Right? There's such a gap between Scoot and then Eamon Thompson, whoever's at four. I would think if you dra- if you take Scoot, what I do if I'm Portland, personally, is I just take Scoot. And let's say there's no trades there. I don't force the deal, right? I'm not taking the, the role guys on Toronto. What does that give me? I'm not trading Scoot unless the deal really puts me in somewhat contention, right? Where I'm like better than the Lakers. 
right? I really have a good chance of the conference finals and let and give Lillard and and, and uh, you know a shot, right? But if the deal makes me a low playoff seed, which like again, the only deal that I would think about would be Toronto. I think is the best to offer. If I could get OG and Pascal Siakam overnight, I'm still a low playoff seed. I don't I'm not there. So because of that, the only other move is moving Damian Lillard. You, you, you've already said Sharp is untradeable, which I hear. So if that's the case, um, yeah, you're moving Lillard. Now, here's the thing. I don't think you have to move Lillard on draft night. Let's not overcomplicate this. You create a bidding war, right? Let's see what's out there. It could be a three-way deal, whatever, and you worry about future drafts. Besides, like, you don't want to add more picks to this mess. Like, if you're going to have already, like, a young team led by, let's say, a backward of Scoot and Sharp, right? Like, maybe Simons is on the move, sure. Okay, you could trade him for, like, a player or veteran or a pick or whatever. I wouldn't even have to overcomplicate that either. Like, I'm fine moving forward with, with that three-guard unit. Simons' six-man, it's a little awkward, but, I, again, I don't care. I don't need to force it. Personally, I like Simons for 10. I think that's a good idea. Simons for Tim Hardaway Jr. at 10, make it happen. But, again, don't need to force it. My point is, I think the, the Blazers could wait all summer long to make a Lillard, right? I think they'll be like, we'll work with this team, blah, 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 blah. And then that'll be the story of the summer. It's like where Lillard goes, and you, you create a bidding war. You know Miami's going to be interested. You can at least get, like, Tyler Hero. Um, and, again, you have the fit there, obviously, with Sharp, and, and now you're going to have Scoop, so it's a little small. And then Simons. But like you can have you can have here on a couple of picks, you know. There's a Boston idea there, right? They're going to keep Jalen Brown. Maybe that gets involved. Um, Brooklyn could get floated in there. You can have Cam Johnson. All those picks, not a bad idea in a sign and trade. So I just wait it out. If I'm Portland, I, I use all summer, and this is probably what they're going to do. Use all summer to then really get a nice, solid rebuild package. By the way, an underrated idea. I'll throw this out there. If I'm Portland, let's say New Orleans doesn't get um, Scoot and they want to go the other way. If I'm Portland, New Orleans represents the best trade package. First of all, if you're Damien, you can now repartner back with CJ McCollum. That's a lot of fun. And if you're if you're New Orleans, maybe you get a, a backup plan of Zion. I don't even want Zion on the deal. But they have all those Milwaukee picks. They have the Laker picks. All right. You got Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels. Portland has a lot of guys that they can complete the roster with. Okay. Most teams sometimes when you do like a five for one, it's like, all right, calm down, dude. What do we do with five guys? Portland has a lot of unplayable guys. Okay. Like, just you're not going to play them. So they represent an interesting trade destination. Just put it out there. But, yeah, I'm keeping that. For Houston, a lot of people don't know either. They need a point guard. I get it. They, they need to – I think they need to get a veteran point guard. I, I don't think you're going to get – like, I don't think it makes sense. you got to get Tom in the draft. So, like, Amon Thompson, I think you got to take him at four. You can't take – I think it's silly um, to take, uh, to take like, Anthony Black or anything. I know he's been rumored or trade down or whatever. They, they've taken gambles. With rookie point guards like Ty Ty Washington, Jalen Green, they're trying to throw him at the one. It doesn't work, okay? So if you're not going to get Harden, which I know is the question here, just take Thompson. And then, like, I think KPJ 
hurts them more than helps them, quite frankly. So, like, I, I don't love that. But uh, Trey Jones is a guy targeted for agency. He's like a normal point guard. They need that. And then throw um, – and look, you have a nice little young core, like Sanguine, Smith Jr., Imaduko's there, right? Um, Thompson, Green, and then insert point guard. They're going to need a point. Take the take the rook. I, I don't think anybody's clamoring to trade, uh, you know, for him. I think he could sign one year guy. He could get like Mike Connolly, not that crazy, just to kind of like build some sense of this team. They need, they need some veteran point guards um, to help help mature him. And look, I know they want to get better quickly. I, I don't see it happening. That'll get hard. But they, I think Houston's got to take Thompson. It's just a, a clear fourth. There's a gap. There's a couple gaps in this draft. I think you have a. One gap, two, three together, you know, then three to four gap, and then four to everyone else again. Detroit at five represents a lot of stuff. They're after three guys. Is it Whitmore? Is it Taylor Hendricks? Do they trade back? Right? Do they take the other Thompson twin? Here's the thing. You've now pigeonholed yourself in a really clunky fitting unit, okay? You got Kate Cunningham and Jay Nivey don't really make a lot of sense together. Now we're going to force Weissman in there. does not make a lot of sense. Marvin Bagley is out. Like he's got Killian Hayes. Like what are we doing here? They need shooting so desperately. I love Alec Burks. I don't think he's going to get the minutes on Detroit. I don't for whatever reason. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich, also likely won't. So they're going to need at least a guy who could shoot. Now they have a large jump at the four or five, but none of them are very good. Cam Whitmore is the obvious fit. I think they end up taking Whitmore. He's a three, can play off the ball. They could trade back. I think they should trade with Indiana. Five for seven swap. Indiana's going to want Jairus Walker anyway. They want to take Whitmore. Fine. I'm happy with Hendricks at seven if I'm Detroit as well. But I need Buddy Heald really badly. And it just clear up my cap. Can take Bagley and Hayes and those mistakes. They could trade back with Utah, nine and 16. Again, that makes sense that they like Hendricks and they feel like Hendricks is going to be there at nine. They need to take a flyer at a wing, maybe Jordan Hawkins or Chris Murray at 16. So there could be a trade with Detroit at five. If not, Detroit's taking Cam Whitmore. But that's the team that I suspect trading because I know they like a couple guys back at the end of the draft. Or they like C.J. Jackson. C.G. Jackson at 16. Okay. But Utah, yeah, Utah's another one. And they know this. Six. Orlando. Orlando's got two two drops here. Okay. I think Orlando, um, look, do they is Suggs their point guard next year? Is Fultz their point guard? Cole Anthony's still there. Like, who's the point guard of this team? Now, I thought that what the, the the core that had the best potential in my mind was I liked either Suggs at point guard or Fultz at point guard. I think Anthony has to come off the bench. The problem is not all three guys fit, you know, in, in a clean way. They need shooting. Everyone needs shooting. Okay. So if you're Orlando, you need wings and you need them badly. I think at six, even though the fit is still going to be clunky, you got to take Oscar Thompson at six. You got to take the other twin. You could play the wing, right? You could start Suggs, which is what I would do. I know what Fultz's health is. I like Fultz too. Again, I know there's not a lot of spacing there, but you have Wagner, Franz. You got Wendell Carter Jr. could space as a big. Obviously, Pablo Boncaro. So if you have that front court, which is what I would roll Carter Jr. Uh, Bancaro, Franz Wagner. Um, they can throw Thompson at the two and Jalen Suggs at the one. It's not bad. You got Bobo off the bench. 
Garrett Harris is still lingering around. Cole Anthony's there. Just got to figure out what to do with Fultz. You'll figure it out. It's not bad. Right? Um, so, yeah, I like I like the Thompson, the other Thompson twin at six. I would have taken Anthony Black. I don't think you need another, like, clunky point guard. I think you need a wing. Right? So, I got Jonathan Isaac, too, by the way. Now, again, you still need spacers. Everyone needs spacers. You hope to get that at 11. We'll talk about what they do at 11. Um, seven. Indiana's going to take Jairus Walker. I really feel that. They might take Hendricks. Okay? They need a big. Jairus Walker, to me, makes more sense. He's got more upside. He's a two-way guy. I think this is a perfect fit for Indiana. Probably one of the better fits of the draft. This reminds me of Keegan Murray going to Sacramento last year, which was funny in its own right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you're going to have spacing there. If they don't do a swap deal, you still have enough spacing with Turner, Buddy Heald, uh, obviously Halliburton and Naismith. Enough spacing. You're going to let Walker cook a little bit at the four. Play a little four, play some three. I like that fit a lot. Eight, Washington. Look, they have a new GM. He was completely different now. They get Tyus Jones. They like Jones at point guard. They're still going to want to get an upside game. Okay. Um, I feel like they're going to take Anthony Black. He, he's got the better ceiling between he and Hendricks, which is where the, the debate would be here. Um, and you're going to want to, usually when you're looking at rebuild teams, you take stabs at like up-and-coming point guards. Black's got a lot of Emmanuel Mude in him which would make me nervous. Not the Exum makes me nervous. I.e. these bigger guards that can't shoot. Right? How well are they going to do? I don't know. But look, the the Wiz are still going to have Kispert after this Porzingis deal. Um, you know, Danny Avaja can space a little bit. Not great. And, you know, Kuzma's probably going to be hanging around. So I think you got to put bucks in the seats. I think you need a point guard that's going to do it. Tyus Jones is a great interim stopgap. You'd feel better if you had both. And then I think they're going to do a fire sale on the rest of the veterans, so I wouldn't even consider Monty Morris and those other guys there long-term. Anthony Black is my pick to go eight. Utah at nine. This is going to piss off Utah. Utah was not happy with Sexton last year. I think they're going to look to move him. He's got three years left on his deal. was it great. Not great. Jordan Clarkson, a free agent. They're not going to, probably not going to keep him. They, they try to throw THT at point guard you know, during their, their stretch. Not the stretch run, but towards the end of the year. He looked good, but, like, you know, the guy's not a point guard. Come on. Not long-term. So, yes, the Jazz need a point guard. Ainge is not going to force it. Ainge is fine letting this rebuild last a few more years. He's going to take the talent. Now, look, the, the team doesn't need a big, I understand. Ainge is also known to take some wrinkles, okay? You could see, could Jalen Hoofshift move up, Case and Wallace move up? Sure. Those guys make more sense for the Jazz. Taylor Hendricks, the obvious pick if he falls tonight. Right. Like, are you really going to give up on that talent? You have Walker Kessler, right? You have, and, and Laurie Markin. So the fit's not great. In theory, Hendricks is athletic enough that he could defend wings. The same issue happened to Cleveland. I get it. But you can have a front court with Hendricks there with Laurie Markin. Does this push you to move Olenek? That's fine. You want to move Olenek anyway. Is he part, like, long term? Who knows? He's up there in age, and teams are going to want to give you assets for him. You're probably going to take uh, as a veteran on the roster. So I, I think I think ultimately, reluctantly, the Jazz take Hendricks. But yeah, they prefer to move up, right? This is why like Hendricks could fall at nine. If Hendricks does fall at nine, and Whitmore is taking a trade at five, I see Detroit 
just taking that pick and being like, look, if Hendricks is there at nine, then you move down with Utah. And the Jazz were be thrilled. And then the Pistons get, I think, a good fit there, too, because Bogey can play the three for them. Um, but let's keep going. Now, the, the rest of the picks aren't, you know, Dallas, I think, is wants to move Cat with their pick. Detroit's another option there for 10. But if Hendricks is there, that pick's value goes down way, way, way much. Um, if you're if you're Dallas and you're going to keep the pick, like the guys that work well with Luca, let's think about that for a little bit, right? Like small guards work well with him. If you're going to keep Kyrie, that's great. Um, you know, like like Grady Dick doesn't have a lot of upside here at ten, and like could he fit? Yeah, you can play the wing. I mean, look, he's a good fit there, right? You can have Kyrie, Dick, Luca, um, and then and then you know you, you still have your bigs there. So Dallas, this is a quandary. They they're obviously they're, they're desperately hard to move the pick, but no one's excited about Grady Dick. No one's excited about him. Um, so if you're Dallas, in my mind, it, it comes down to this: if you can't move the pick, I think you got to take Grady Dick because he could play the next level. He could fit immediately. It works. I think they do. Orlando. So now Orlando can take a little bit of a risk. They can take a wing. They can take Bilal Kulubi from France. And, you know, that's an interesting thing. I think they'd rather move up. I don't think anybody's going to be interested. Again, if, if certain guys are off the board there. And they just take another sign but a wing. They, they do well with Franz Wagner. Why not? Then it gets a little, um, a little you know, then it's going to be really hard to predict from then on. In, okay? Like... If you're, I don't know, like if you're the rest of these teams, who are you taking, right? So now if you're, you know, 12 OKC, who knows? Like, that one's tough for me. I mean, they might want to trade it, they consolidate. I, you never know with this team. They have chat. In my opinion, if you're OKC, you have a lot of these like, eh, OK wings. I think just get like the guy you know who's going to be good. I would just take Derek Lively. You took a lot. You took too many risks the last couple of drafts. Oshman Jiang and, and those guys. Derek Lively is going to be an NBA ready center. Okay, I get that he can't suit. You have Jalen Williams in that rotation. You know Poku. I don't think he's going to be kept long term. None of these centers will. You have Chet, who's an injury prone guy. Just get the big who's going to be able to block shots immediately and, and be a presence. And I think you could play Chet next to Lively. I think it works. Right, so just get the guy who's going to fit a rotation. Like you, you made a play in. You, you keep taking these gambles. I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see a good gamble here either. These other guys I don't like. Um, so that's twelve, thirteen, and we're going to finish it off with the lotto, and then talk about a few other teams. Toronto. I mean, Trent Jr. just exercised options. He's sticking around. Um, you're probably you need a point guard. You need a backup point guard. So I think they're going to take Jalen Hood Schiff. A lot of people are high on him. It's a little high for him. It goes to Case and Wallace. But but Jalen Hood Schiff is, is the high risk, high reward guy, which I think, you know, Masai is gonna just take the gamble. Like, why not? Like we're gonna do trades anyway. For if we have Fleet Scott, they're gonna need a point guard. And I think they're fine if they're not, it's not NBA ready, so let's take a gamble on this guy. Um, and if they do a trade, which they, they obviously might. You know, they have opportunity now to, to test point guards. But, like, when you're a team that has good off-the-ball guys looking to rebuild Brooklyn, Toronto, 
you just take gambles on a point guard. Brooklyn's very hot, hot on Jalen Hushiff, so I could see a move there, but Toronto's going to ask for other pieces besides 21 and 22. Um, and that's really the, the exciting things. Outside of, of those, I think the, the big guys that are going to be coming out is the 20 to 30 range. The guys that like the Jordan Hawkins, whoever gets Hawkins is going to win the draft. Lakers, you know, could project to get him. I think, you know, New Orleans or Atlanta, any team that gets him. Hawkins is a great late pick. Um, I like Chris Murray a lot, too. Chris Murray's good, right? Golden State at 19 would be a good spot for either of those guys. There's, like, NBA-ready, you know, back-end rotation vets like like Caleb Martin. I like Noah Clowney a lot. I like Brandon Podskemi a lot. Brooklyn could be a good home for those guys. Brooklyn's going to be the team to look at in this draft. Jet Howard, you know he's going to space. Um, Leonard Miller is a good gamble for someone. So, yeah, really looking forward to the 20 to 30. Uh, Julian Strother is one of the picks I really like in this draft. NBA ready, you know what you're going to get. Brooklyn's going to be active. They, they need to do something uh, to get that fan base excited. Nothing's really going on. They have time for a point guard. They're not going to get a 21-22. They're not... They're going to really look to just take some kind of crazy gamble for a point guard. And and look, it could be the guys noted. If I'm Brooklyn, I know it sounds crazy, I look to do a deal with Detroit. So if Detroit takes Oscar Thompson at five, let's say, um, I'm looking to take Ivy. And I'll give you a package. I'll give you some of those picks I got from Mikel Bridges 21-22. And if I'm Detroit, I consider it. But it probably won't happen. Anyway, should be an exciting night. Um, and we will speak shortly.